Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. I just wanna thank you. I just wanna thank you, Jesus. I just wanna thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. I just wanna thank you. Now come down talking. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Greetings, thanks once again. Of our precious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kensington, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. Jesus, we just want to praise you. We 
just want to glorify you. We just want to magnify you.
from the book of Exodus, chapter 7 and verse 11. No, no, I must, yeah, Exodus chapter 7 and 11 again. That's right, 7 and 11. Amen. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Pharaoh then summoned wise men and what? Sorcerers and the Egyptian magicians also did the same things by their secret arts. Our major topic again is same thing, different results. Capital B, wise men and sorcerers. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you today, Father, for another beautiful, marvelous day. We praise you. We reverence you. We give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise that you deserve. Thanking you, Father, for food. Thanking you, Father, for clothing, shelter. You told us in your word that if we had food and clothing, that we should be content with that. We are content with that, Father, but we also thank you for many other things that you have blessed us with. We don't want to be unappreciative. We don't want to take for granted how good you have been to us. You have done more for us than we can even uh, comprehend. You've blessed us in ways that we don't even have knowledge of. But yet, Father, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, thanking you for everything that you have done to us, through us, and for us. We pray, Father, that you will continue to be a blessing to us, that we may be a blessing uh, to your people. Continue to lead and guide us, Father, in your paths of righteousness, that we might do those things that are pleasing in your eyesight. Forgive us, Father, of our sins. Forgive us, Father, of our iniquities, Father, as we have committed them in thought, word, and deed. Even the the sins that we don't even know that we have committed, Father, we ask you to have mercy and to forgive us. Once again, we thank you, Father. We bless your name today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Wise men and sorcerers. Now, here in in Exodus chapter 7, you have Moses going before Pharaoh. Moses, who is symbolic of the true power of God, you've got Pharaoh, who is symbolic of all the forces that are against the true power of God, and we have a showdown, basically, God's power versus Satan's power, and that's that's ultimately what we are faced with in our environment, in this generation that we live in. Now, everybody's going to find out, first of all, that you have taken a side. That's what everybody ends up finding out, that, that, that in this life you have taken a side. Jesus said it like this, he that is not with me is against me. Jesus also said it like this, God wishes that we were hot or cold because if we are lukewarm, God says, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. So what we have here is a showdown, and, and it just is in the days, and my spirit is now going to the days of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Jezebel and uh, Ahab had the whole nation of Israel running after false gods, running after witchcraft, and there was only little Elijah 
with 850 false prophets of Baal, and they met on Mount Carmel with a showdown. But before it was all over with, the true power of God, which was symbolic and representative of Elijah, defeated the false power that was represented by Jezebel and Ahab. Throughout the Bible, you will see conflicts between the truth and the lies. Jeremiah's, in Jeremiah's day, there was a conflict between true religion and false religion. Right today, you have conflicts between true religion and false religion. You have conflicts between true worshipers and false worshipers. Remember, Jesus said something to the woman, the woman on, uh, at the well. He said, the, the time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. So God said, look, they're still true and they're still false. Here is another in another representation of the truth versus the false. Now, Moses, go to verse 8. The Bible says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. Now, this is very important now to understand, because this is the miracle that God sends Moses in to present to Pharaoh. But God, I'm here. God knew that Pharaoh's magicians could do the same thing. What does this mean? That means that God already knows that whatever he's going to have you to do by the truth, that he knows that Satan and his, and his people are going to have a counterfeit. God already knows. God already knows that just as he's sending out some true pastors to tell people what God really said, that Satan and his people are going to send out some false ones to tell people what God has not said. That just as God knows he's got some true individuals that are going to perform miracles on his behalf, Satan is going to have some false individuals that are going to perform miracles on Satan's behalf. God sent Moses with the staff to throw down before Pharaoh, knowing it would become a snake, and knowing that the wise men and sorcerers would do some of the same things by their magic arts. The Bible says in verse 10, So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Amen. Threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers, and the Egyptian magicians also did the same things by their secret arts. Now, uh, by their secret arts, understanding that, that, that uh, and the Bible talks about secret arts or black arts in the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 19. Now, I come to find out I, I was with one friend of mine in uh, Port Harcourt, Nigeria, pastor of a very sizable congregation there, not the largest that I've been in, but it's a very sizable congregation. And we were having uh, breakfast one day. He had taken me to a very nice hotel, and we were sitting down having breakfast, and he expressed some very concerning information to me. And what he shared with me, I kind of looked at him, but then the Lord was like, Robert, are you surprised? And I was like, no, not really. But what he said to me was he said, he said, Apostle, he said, some of the pastors in this town with some of the largest congregations in this country had invited him to a meeting, a secret meeting. And what they wanted him to do was to get himself involved in 
secret arts, black arts, much like what we are reading about, and how that if they took certain items and buried them in certain places and did certain things, that they would that his congregation would explode. Now these are the congregations you're talking about because I know some of the characters that he mentioned. I just was just listening at it. But some of these congregations you're talking about ten, fifteen thousand people. And he said to me, he said, Apostle said, I, I wasn't willing to do it. And I said, man of God, that's, that's very good. I heard the same thing from some pastors in Ghana that were sharing some of the same things, that individuals, that some individuals who are calling themselves pastors are using black arts, secret arts, to draw, to draw individuals. Now, you this shouldn't surprise you or shouldn't shock you because the Scripture tells us plainly. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 about the last days that we live in. Now, this was going on in the early church as well, and we're going to take a look at Acts chapter 19 before we finish. But 2 Timothy chapter 4 describes the very, the Apostle Paul prophesies and describes the very same thing to us. Second Timothy chapter four and verse three. Second Timothy, and this is this is God says, Robert, this is the generation you are living in. Keep that in mind. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three, the Spirit of God speaks through Paul and says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Now, you all notice that on our entry or on our on our um when we begin this broadcast, one of the first things we say every day, that, uh, that, that greetings, saints, once again, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center, Kenston, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine. We live in a generation where God has said that men and women will not put up with sound doctrine. They don't want that. They want something to tickle their flesh. Because, see, the thing about sound doctrine children of God, is nothing about sound doctrine tickles your flesh. That's why a lot of you don't like it, because you like your flesh tickled. That's why many of us love television, many of us love games and all kind of stuff. It tickles our flesh. Sound doctrine, God says, I have not sent my servants to tickle anybody's flesh. Sound doctrine, it, it, it deals with your inner man as a child of God. It helps to strengthen your spirit man. Each one of us is made up of spirit, and then we have flesh. Sound doctrine is meant for the strengthening of the flesh, and it's for the crucifixion, of, I mean the strengthening of the spirit, my mistake, and it's for the crucifixion of the flesh. So in essence, what, what we're talking about is much like, much like exercise. Now, exercise, is, it, it normally it doesn't feel very good. It oftentimes, it hurts when you get into serious exercise. I'm not talking about playing around. It hurts. But the benefits that come from it far outweighs the little bit of discomfort that it is. So it is with sound doctrine. If you really want your spirit man strengthened, if you really want your inner man strengthened, you, you must submit yourself to sound doctrine. Now, Paul is talking about here, he's talking about, he says, look, the time will come where men will not put up with sound doctrine. Well, then what, what ends up happening if we, don't put, if we don't put up with sound doctrine? Then what we do is we keep on doing the same things. We don't grow in grace. 
we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Sound doctrine will cause you to grow in grace. False doctrine will have you at the same place and have you thinking that you're growing. Now, God says, Robert, give it to him in uh, parable form. You all look around in this church building. These plants, are they real or are they fake? Not you. No, you know. Come on. Are these plants, they real or are they fake? Hmm? They don't look fake. Question is, are they real or are they fake? Not what they look like, because they were made to look real. They are what? You say fake. What you say? You say fake. Huh? These plants, are they real or are they fake? You sure? How can you tell? How can you tell? Oh, it can touch. All right, praise God. Now, all right, amen. Now, you all are right. And I'm, and I'm going back to something that I just said. Because some say they don't look fake, but just because they don't look fake doesn't mean they are not fake. These plants outside in our neighbor's yard, you will see some very tall trees, very, very tall trees. Now, when I first got these plants, those trees that you see that are now some 30, 40 feet in the sky, they were the same size as these plants. When I first, when I first got these plants, because when that, our neighbor planted those trees, those trees were about, about this high, the same size as these fake plants. But over time, those real plants, because they were real, they grew, they sprouted, they spread it out. But these fake plants, they remain, these, they're still about the, the exact same size they were when I bought them. You say, Apostle, what is, the, what is the parable? What is the parable? Real grows. Fake stays the same. What real words from God will do in your spirit, in the essence of your being, they will cause you to grow. They will cause you to change. They will cause you to do things differently. They will cause your, your marriage to be different, the, the way you raise your children to be different, the way you respond. They real, the real word of God will bring about real changes in your life. Fake words will bring about fake changes. God says, that the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Why? Because sound doctrine will cause for you to change. Sound doctrine will cause for you to do things differently. Sound doctrine will cause you to take a look at your mistakes, your shortcomings and flaws, and have to correct them. Sound and, and God says what men don't want is that in the last days. They don't really want to grow. They just want to look like they're going to grow. See, I didn't watch this now. I didn't really want these plants to be in here growing because if they would have grew like, the, like our neighbor's trees, we wouldn't even be able to be in here. They would burst through the, they would bust through the ceiling. We wouldn't have, so I, when I went and got these plants, I didn't really want them to be growing now because, see, when, when it, those plants out there, the real ones, they had to have sunlight. They had to have what? Water. They had to be taken care of. They had to have space. I wasn't trying to really do all of that. So give me these fake plants. I can just sit them in one little place and don't worry about them. Now, I don't mind fake plants, 
but I don't want fake Christianity. I don't mind fake plan. I want my Christianity to grow. I want my, my Christianity to spread. I want my ministry to stretch out. And God says the only thing that's going to bring about growth, development, maturity in you as a child of God, sound doctrine. God says the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires. Now, here's the difference between sound doctrine and fake doctrine. Safe, sound doctrine gives us a glimpse into God's desires. False doctrine gives us a glimpse into man's desires. Remember, Scripture says, for the time will come when they will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires. No, I don't want no pastor that's going to be giving me my own desires. I want a pastor that's going to give me God's desires. I don't have time to be playing around with my soul. A lot of things we can play around with. A lot of things. Oh, we can play Xbox. We can go outside, shoot baskets. Oh, we can play around all that. But my soul, my eternity, I don't have time for to play with that. My relationship with God, I ain't got time to play with that. Oh, we can go bowling, huh? play bowling ball, ping pong. We can play all kinds. But our soul, give me words. Give me sound doctrine. Give me sound doctrine. Because sound doctrine will tell me what God wants. False doctrine will tell me what I want. Sound doctrine will tell me how to please God. False doctrine will, try to, will tell me how to please man. Bible says in the last days, God said, Robert, what they're going to do is they're going to gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth. Can you imagine? Here God is trying to talk to his creation, God trying to talk to his people. People don't want to hear that. And God said, Robert, men and women have not just got to be that way. They've always been that way. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now, what are myths? Myths is made-up stuff, just some stuff somebody made up. See, understand something, child of God, out there under the sound of my voice. This here, this word of God, this Bible, this is not made up. These prophets didn't sit down and think this stuff up, but rather they, they gave it as in, they were inspired by God to write these words. What Timothy, what Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, he was inspired by God. What Jeremiah wrote, these prophets were inspired by God. Not something somebody thought up and said, well, let's, let me see, what would be a good story? Okay, let me see, let's have a man who uh, gets thrown off a boat and uh, get swallowed by, uh-uh, uh-uh. These individuals, the scripture, all scripture, the Bible says, is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is God-breathed, and it's given by inspiration of God. And the Bible says it's profitable for doctrine, which is teaching, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
You want to see the level of blessings from God in your life? Look at the level of word in your life. Because anything you call in a blessing in your life that has not come from the word of God is not a blessing from God. Remember, Satan got gifts too. He got stuff too. He always took Jesus up on the pinnacle of the temple and in an instant showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and all their splendor and told him all this can be yours if you'll bow down and worship me. But Jesus, no, it is written to worship the Lord thy God and to serve him only. My prayer for you, child of God, is that you will only worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. Anything that, that is coming our way that's not coming from God, that's not coming from the word of God, then we need to reject it. Satan got all kind of stolen gifts. Now, somebody come in here right now, got a trunk full of stolen goods from Walmart. He said, look, you know, uh, Pastor Brian, you want some of this stolen stuff? and you know it's stolen, what you going to say? No, because just having stolen stuff can get you in trouble by the authorities. So it is in spiritual matters. Having stuff that has been given to us, not by God, but given to us by the adversary, God said that will get you in trouble. God says by me. I'm, God says I'm the authority. Jesus rejected every stolen gift that Satan tried to offer him on in, in Luke chapter 4, and God wants us to do the same. If it's not coming from God, no, I don't want to want that. If it's a revelation that's not coming from God, no, I don't want that. If it's a way of doing things that's not coming from God, God says he wants us to reject that. The scripture tells us to cast down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into subjection every thought to the obedience of Christ. Child of God, you and I have a responsibility to bring our thoughts under subjection, to bring our thoughts in line with the word of God. God says every child of, every child of God of mine has that responsibility. Any thought that's in your mind that's outside of the word of God, it's your responsibility, my responsibility, to bring it under subjection. God says I'm even judging your thoughts. Even our thoughts are not hidden from God, and even our thoughts will be judged by God. See, this thing is, this thing is serious, children of God. That's why we can't play with this thing. This, this, this thing, God is dealing with every aspect of our being, and he's judging every aspect of our being. The Bible says there's nothing in all creation that's hidden from God's sight. God is looking at everything we do, everything we think, Everything we say, everything we play, it's very, very, the Bible talks about how the, watch this now, children of God, that the road to destruction, what the Bible say? It's wide and it's what? It's a broad, in the New International Version, and wide gate. And is it just a few people? No, many. The Bible said many. So you say, Apostle, what is driving? One of the things we came to understand around here years ago is that any way or direction you see the world marching in, normally God's way is just the opposite. If you see the world or you see a whole, whole lot of folk marching in a direction, normally God's way is in the opposite direction. Because the road to destruction is a broad and wide gate, and the Bible says many entered therein. But the way to eternal life, first of all, is straight. And what? Narrow. 
And God said, never mind Apostle Brian. So get God to get your mind off Apostle Brian. God said, I'm talking to my people now. The road to eternal life is straight and narrow, and only a few enter. Amen. All right. I want to say this is mentioning a tightrope. What a tightrope is basically is a cable. It's a little thin cable that goes across, and you've got certain individuals who are specially trained. Watch this now. Now, you mentioned that, and that's a good parable, because tightrope walkers, you, you have to be trained to be a tightrope walker. Tightrope is a very, very thin cable, and you've got those individuals who have learned how to balance themselves. Remember, we talked so many times about God is a God of balance. Not that we can't have fun. God says, enjoy yourself, but God says, understand that there's a time and a place for every activity, tightrope walkers have trained themselves how to walk on those tightropes. Everybody can't do it. And you can't walk one wrong move and you're done. They will gather. They will gather. See, understand that, listen, the, the, the teacher that you have teaching you, it shouldn't be somebody that you have chosen anyway. The pastor that you have, it shouldn't be somebody that you have chosen. Just like the spiritual gift that you have. You didn't choose that gift. God chose that gift. The pastor that you have, that needs to be God's decision. Just like the wife that you have, the husband that you have, that needs to be God's decision. You need to let God, see, and that goes back to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let God direct you to the church he wants you. Let God direct you to the husband or the wife he wants you. See, a lot of us trying to pick. We're trying to pick, and we end up making mistakes. Let God, the Bible says that they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, I don't get to pick what I want to preach. People be like, you know, Apostle, how you know what to preach? I can let God tell me what to say to you all. You all are his people. I'm his mouthpiece. Lord, what you want me to say to my, your people? God say, I'll tell you. God, give me one scripture and give me an hour sermon. Take me all of about 15 seconds to get a sermon for you all every day. I'll be like, Lord, he give me one scripture, and we, have, we come up with about an hour sermon. Let God select. It's easy. See, when we let God select, the difficulty comes in when we be trying to select. Pastors contact me sometimes. Oh, man, Pastor, I don't know what to say to the people. I'm wondering, what you mean you don't know what to say to the people? God know what to say to the people. Let God talk to the people. You don't have to try to think up what to say to God's people. Let God tell you, and you just say what God tells you to say. Being led is, is, I mean, you know, it, it, we went to, um, and I hope we get a chance to go there while you all are here, to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Now, if we go west in, in our state, North Carolina, we start heading west, start heading actually toward, uh, you're going toward Texas and you're going toward these states here, you have to cross over a great, great mountain range. I mean, you're driving a car, you can hear your, the vehicle 
changing gears and straining to get up these high, high mountains, and you have to go over the mountains and, and over some more mountains in Tennessee, then you can start going down because Tennessee is to the west of us. But we go on the road, we go in our vehicle, and it's not too, too difficult. But for the individuals that came, that went over those mountains first, now I don't know what year that was, 1700s, 1600s, whatever, whatever year it was, to them it had to be much more difficult. Now to us, you know, they've gone in, they've made nice roads, they've made fine roads. It's still a very serious journey for us, even uh, following, but we're coming in after they have done the hard part. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Jesus Christ has done the hard part. He came, lived, bled, and died, rose again from the dead, went back to the heaven, and sent the Holy Spirit. Said, now all you've got to do is follow him. Jesus said, I had to die for this thing. I had to have a crown of thorns stuck on my head. I had to have a spear stuck in my hat side. I had to have nails driven through my hand. All you've got to do now is follow the Holy Spirit. We got the easy part compared to what our Lord and Savior went through. Let us not turn our ears away from the truth. Bible says in verse 4, let us not turn, let, let us not turn aside to myths. But Paul said to Timothy, he said, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Now, we live in a society, a generation today, nobody wants hardship. Nobody wants difficulties. I've even heard lying preachers and lying pastors tell God's people that God is going to remove all of the, the suffering from their life. And it's a lie. Hardship is one of the tools that God uses to, to shape us and to make us stronger Christians. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 says, not only so, but we rejoice in suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope will not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. God is not, listen, child of God, anybody telling you God is going to remove all the suffering out of your life is lying to you. Now, I don't care your little bishop, your little pastor, your little whatever you call him. If they're telling you as a child of God that God is going to remove all the suffering in your, out of your life in this life, they are lying to your face. Now, keep jumping and hollering and falling out on the floor behind that nonsense if you want to. Bible says it's time. God said, Robert, it's time for judgment to begin with the household of God, the household of faith. And if the righteous are scarcely saved, what shall become? of the sinners and ungodly. Time for God's people to be told the truth. Shut up some of this hollering and screaming and kicking at a bunch of nonsense and hear some truth so that you can grow, so that you can develop. James chapter 1, verses 2 says, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because we know, we know that the trial of our faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish her work so that you and me may be mature and complete, not lacking what? Anything. No, no, children of God, I encourage you, don't, don't, don't be like this group in verse 4 that turned their ears away from the truth. Let us turn our ears, what? To the truth. 
Let us turn our ears to the truth. The Bible says they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But Paul said, look, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Now, God says endure it. God said, I know it's not easy on my people. Some of you all to follow this broadcast around the world. I know it's not easy for you to be getting all up in the morning or to be in the evening. It's not easy for me. But God says endure hardship because your hardship in the kingdom of God will bring about eternal reward. Somebody put that down. What? Your hardship, enduring hardship in the kingdom of God will bring about eternal reward. Eternal reward. Saints are calling in. Let me get ready to, let me get ready to close out. That's why God tells you, endure hardship. God said, look, I know what, I know what your reward is going to be if you endure. And God says, I also know what your punishment's going to be if you quit. Do not get what the scripture tell us. Do not get what? Weak and weary in well-doing. For you shall reap in due season if you faint not. Endure hardship. No, hardship is not hardship is not hurting us. In the long run, hardship is helping us. It's helping us to become more like Jesus. What if I'm hearing God say, Robert, what if what if I had what if I had uh, uh, decided not to endure the cross? What if I had decided to give up when they started talking about me, or I decided to give up when they started mistreating me? Because remember, Jesus was God. He was God in the likeness of sinful man. But the Bible says Jesus endured the cross. He went through the cross. He went through the humiliation. He went through the shame. He went through that we might have a right to eternal life. And now God says, now you all don't want to endure anything. You don't want to suffer anything. After I went through all of that for you, you don't want to endure anything. Is that it? God said, that's how you're going to repay my love for you. That's how you're going to repay my sacrifice. No, Lord. We've got a cross too. Because if we, if we suffer with him, then we too shall reign with him. Come on. Just like you want them. Amen. You look at the 23rd Psalm. If you examine how it's put together, David speaking in the 23rd Psalm, David talks about a table being prepared for him in the presence of his enemies. But if you look at the 23rd Psalm very closely, that table that's prepared in the presence of our enemies, it doesn't come until you get through the valley of the shadow of death. You've got, you got to make it through that to get to that. 
and constantly God has got situations where we got to make it through. You know, you all couldn't come to the United States unless you all got an invitation letter. You couldn't come to the, to the United States unless you, you sat through the, the interview process to get the visa. You had to go through some things to get here. Just like for me, I can't, I can't go to Nigeria without a visa. There's a, before I can go to Nigeria, there's stuff I know I got to do. I got to send my passport to Washington, D.C. Now, we don't have to go in and, and physically present ourselves. I have to send all my papers. I have to fill out visa application form. I have to get my passport. I have to get uh, money orders, send all of that information to Washington, D.C., wait for a few days. They send it back. Then I have to purchase my ticket. Then I have to get to the, to the airport. It's, it's a stressful thing. International travel can be a very stressful thing because there are things that have to be done. So it is in our walk with God. There are things that have to be done in Christianity. You know, in order to be a strong Christian, just like in order to be strong physically, there are certain things that have to be done. You want your body to be strong, you, 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 there are certain things that I know I got to do. Or I know how I would be looking right now at, at my age. All I got to do is look at some of my friends. Stomachs all out to here. Knees been replaced. Can't hardly walk. Mate, I done had heart attacks. Mm -mm. Uh, I'm not trying to do it like that. So there's a certain amount of suffering that I know I got to put myself through on a daily basis if I want to stay in shape physically. And there's a certain amount of suffering as children of God we have to put ourselves through on a daily basis if we want to stay strong spiritually. No, we're not turning away from the truth, but we're going to turn to the truth. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Now, we talked a little bit a few days ago about gifts. God is holding each one of us responsible and accountable for the gift he has given us now. All right. He's, he's holding you, us accountable. Remember what happened to the, the servant that had one gift and he didn't want to use it. Got taken away and given to the man that had ten. May your gifts, may your talents, may your finances. I've seen God take finances. I've seen God take jobs. I've seen God take health. I've seen God take all kind of stuff people wouldn't use right. I've seen God take houses. In fact, they, they took one of our cars. I, when I had first left teaching and we had a vehicle that wasn't completely paid for and I left teaching, money wasn't coming in as strong. I couldn't make the car payment. One day we were gone. We came back and the vehicle was gone. The company took it. Why? Because we didn't meet the covenant. We didn't meet the, the agreement. God has blessed us with things, and there are, there are uh, requirements. Whatever he has blessed us with, there are requirements that go along with that in order for us to keep it. All right. Lord willing, we're going to have to look at wise men and sorcerers a little bit deeper later on this afternoon. That's, that's good for now. That's good for now. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory today, Father, for your wisdom. We thank you, Father, for you have told us that all Scripture is God-breathed. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Father, equip us, spirit, soul, and body, that we may do your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Again, we ask, Father, you forgive us of our sins, our iniquities, in thought, word, and deed. 
Father, we ask humbly that you will lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your namesake. Show us, Father, what we haven't seen. Tell us, Father, what we haven't heard, that we may grow up stronger. Uh, Forgive us for turning our ears away from truth, and help us, Father, to turn toward the truth as often as possible, that your name may be glorified and that your kingdom may be exalted. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, saints, and heaven smile on you.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.